This episode of Remnant Radio is brought to you in part by our sponsors at Kairos Classrooms. Have you ever thought about learning a biblical language as a supplemental tool in your biblical studies? Well, Kairos Classrooms offers real classroom environments with with classmates and a live instructor who can help teach you biblical languages, both Greek and Hebrew. You need to check out Kairos Classrooms today. Uh, The price for a single semester is crazy affordable for anyone, so check out the links in the description and use promo code REMNANT to get 10% off Kairos Classrooms. Check out Kairos Classrooms today. Discount code R-E-M-N-A-N-T, REMNANT, to get 10% off your semester. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Remnant Radio. Michael uh, was just on the other line uh, with us, uh, but was having some technical difficulties there in Oklahoma. Uh, Morgan and Morgan, Morgan, Paul and Morgan, not two Morgans. That would be so weird. <laughs> Paul and Morgan are on the other line, and we're going to be uh, discussing why they have left the hyper charismatic movement. It's going to be an exciting episode. You guys stay tuned. You are watching The Remnant Radio, a crowd-funded show where we interview pastors, teachers, historians, and theologians from different churches and denominations. My name is Joshua Lewis, and this is my co-host, Michael Roundtree. Together, we want to help you break outside of your theological echo chambers. If you're interested in learning about history, theology, or the gifts of the Spirit, this is the show for you. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode. Uh, Man, got a great content coming down the pipe. One of the things we've been working on recently, uh, just uh, recently, I mean, in the last, uh, what is it, week, two weeks, we filmed 117 episodes in e-course going through the gifts of the Spirit, teaching on these things from a theological uh, perspective. Uh, If you guys have content that you want us to talk about and address in that course, uh, drop it in the comment section of this video. I'd love to know some of your thoughts. Uh, The course that we've worked on up until this point says, hey, we're doing lots of stuff on the gifts of the Spirit. We're doing lots of stuff on discernment. And, and tracking the difference between charismatic and hypercharismatic theologically, uh, but also hanging out in a space where it's, there's discernment of like, uh, we want to be careful and cautious of not mixing in uh, some kind of wacky spiritual practices with Christian pr- spiritual practices. So uh, lots of great stuff coming down the pipe. If you want to support us, uh, you can give on PayPal or Patreon. There's links in the description. We're entirely crowdfunded. Uh, so if you feel led to do so, we would highly encourage that. Uh, without further ado, I want to introduce some new friends of mine. Uh, this is Paul and Morgan. Not to be confused with Morgan and Morgan for whatever reason. I tried to give you guys both the same name. Uh, uh, before we get uh, diving into this comment or this content, tell us a little about yourself and your ministry before before we get started. What is up, you guys? <laughs> we are happy to he- be here, and I think it would be kind of cool if actually both of our names were Morgan. No, it, it, could, it could work. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, well, I'm Morgan. Yeah, and I'm. I'm Paul. We have a YouTube channel where we make uh, videos on culture, social issues from a Christian perspective, having a lot of fun with that. And recently, as Joshua uh, has kind of said, we have felt so inclined to transition out of what we would consider the hyper charismatic, which we had been sitting in for a while. Mm -hmm. And so I had watched a video that... Uh, Joshua and Michael had done concerning prophecy. It may have been like the Trump prophecy stuff. And I was like, man, they just seem really solid and really balanced, well-versed. And so I started watching more, commented on one of their videos, and now here we are. 
Well, I, I'll tell you, I, I, I've been introduced to your content recently. Um, I've enjoyed what I've seen. You guys do commentary uh, kind of on pop culture, social issues. Uh, tell yeah. us about some of the videos that you've released recently. So people who are on our channel who want to go check out some of your content uh, can be spurred on to do so. Yeah. Sure. We've um, collabed. Our I think our most recent video was a collab with Melissa Doherty. We love her. She's amazing. We did She's one awesome. on her. Yes, we did one on her channel as well, talking about leaving the hypercharismatic movement. And we, I don't know what's what are some other uh, videos that we've done recent. I can never remember. We, we, you guys did a good one on well, Christmas. Oh, yes, on Santa Claus yep. and Christmas. <laughs> that one was fun. We like to do hot topics, stuff that we just talk about in our day-to-day. -day. We see mm -hmm. other people talking about, people posting about, and uh, that might be kind of controversial or have two different sides even within the Christian community. So yeah. we ultimately just like to weigh in on that to the best of our ability. We don't do it perfect every time. No. And uh, it's definitely a fine line to learn to walk, but we try to walk it uh, with humility as best we can and keeping things according to scripture as best we can. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. And we respect that, guys. Uh, and, and you mentioned just a moment ago content that we've done. Maybe you're coming for the first time. You're here to watch uh, Paul and Morgan discuss this stuff and their, their story. Uh, he mentioned a Trump prophecy video. Those aren't us predicting that Trump was going to be president. Those are actually, uh, it's like an eight-hour marathon where we're reviewing people who said Trump would be president. And as charismatics, we want to be faithful to all of the charismatic scriptures, right? Like the scriptures in 1 Corinthians 14, 29 that tells us to uh, let the other prophets weigh what is being said, or 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 19 through 22, which says not to quench the spirit, uh, but to judge prophecy, to cling to what is good and reject yeah. what is evil. So there's this process of testing and weighing that we've kind of ne neglected and rejected and in the mm -hmm. hyper charismatic space, which I think kind of leads me into that next question for you guys, uh, which I would say is really the first question of, of this discussion. What is it to be hyper charismatic? Uh, I posted this video or this graphic of you guys coming on today talking about this. And some of the first comments I got were, man, painting with a broad brush. There's no such thing as a hyper charismatic movement. Um, <laughs> I think it's it's helpful as a helpful category um, uh, in that we're saying that there is a wide swathed of charismatic, it's, charismaticism is a big tent, right? And there are people right. on the outside. I'd, I'd love to know how you would define that outside group or that, that hyper space um, so that we, we're not out here heretic hunting or out, out here uh, unfairly ca categorizing people. Yeah, yeah, that's good, Joshua. Let me start by saying we, I mean, we were in what we would consider the hyper charismatic uh, since we got married, even myself before we got married, but really it's only been in the last nine months or so that we have transitioned out because we felt strongly enough that a decent amount of the stuff that we were seeing and into, uh, it didn't sit right. So it really has not been that long. I guess what I'm trying to say is I, I hope that people don't hear our words and think, these are experts when dealing with different Christian denominations. We are approaching this humbly and we are approaching it from here's our experience. We feel strongly enough to speak out on some of these things, but we're still figuring things out ourselves. Yeah. And to answer your question, I feel like it is good to kind of clarify that hyper charismatic is a thing and it exists in the whole realm of the many, 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 many labels of um, 
I don't know, different denominations or whatever. Um, for us, I think hypercharismatic, what we've experienced of it is just very, very heavy on prophecy, healings, um, words from God, whatever that might just like the more spiritual aspects. And again, from our experience tend to leave scripture. The emphasis doesn't seem to be on scripture. The emphasis yeah. seems to be heavier on prophecy, dreams, words of knowledge, healings, very passionate worship, passion, uh, definitely passion, yeah. the fire, uh, revival, there's just some of some of the stuff that so, we think so, of. So weigh in some of that, because like when I hear you say, um, you know, we came out of the hyper charismatic movement. And when I say charismatic movement, hyper charismatic movement, I mean, passion and fire. Like you're not even right. labeling those things as bad. I don't think. Uh, so right. Tell me about the things within that space. You're like, hey, uh, this is a cultural thing. When we say hyper charismatic, um, in particular for me, I don't just think in terms of um, uh expression though it certainly involves expression but typically is more about doctrine um to say these are theological things that they believe and are um well, theology orthopraxy things that we practice um that distinguish them as different than other charismatics so i guess that there's a couple things there you know you said they put an emphasis on prophecy um, maybe there are other areas that they place an emphasis on. They wouldn't place an emphasis on scripture. But what are some of those positive things that you felt like, man, uh, this is something in the movement that, you know, uh, uh, Christians at large can learn from? Yeah, I think one thing that I continue to take from my time in the hyper charismatic movement was how they worshiped God. Um, specifically, like in music, um, I was a worship leader at our old church um and i loved it and i felt so so close to the lord when i would lead worship um and so i really appreciate a lot of aspects about the worship music worship and whatnot in the hyper charismatic movement i think that they kind of have a grasp on like how serious it is to worship the father and how important it is and how like in my opinion, when you're worshiping the Father, it is a passionate thing. It is a serious thing that you should put your all into. Um, and that looks different for everyone, but I would say that's kind of one thing that I've taken from the hyper-charismatic. And as I think about that question, as I've thought about that question, the other one that sticks out to me is when I think of hyper-charismatic, even specific churches, let's go ahead and say Bethel, for instance, I would consider Bethel a hyper charismatic church, something that I think is commendable. And unfortunately, there tends to be two sides of the coin. Something that is cool also can be something that is maybe they're taking too far. And I'm sure we'll get into that. Um, but commendable is it seems like the hyper charismatic really um, have a lot of faith and they go after um they go after belief. They go after believing God for things, trusting God, having so much faith. Um, they they go after it in a way that I, I mean, while I was in it, I I loved it. And even now that we've transitioned out of it, I still am like that is we can appreciate a lot something of I can appreciate that. that. Yeah, I can appreciate that. Yeah. Uh oh, can't hear you. <laughs> 
classic amateur move. Uh, 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 Michael and Michael have different experiences than me in that they were raised in the evangelical space. Um, and then they bumped into a guy named Jack Deere. So Jack taught at DTS. Uh, he knows like 19 languages. I mean, the dude is a rocket scientist when it comes to theology. It's not a thing. Um, but uh, he just, he's just, he's a whiz, right? And uh, these guys get discipled. They get this, the the kind of the best of both worlds of that word and spirit, that theology uh, and practice, both of those kind of meld together. I, I kind of think I, I came from a similar experience from you guys in that I came from a classical Pentecostal background, uh, uh, initial physical evidence. It's really a big deal that you speak in tongues as a sign that yeah. you have the Holy Spirit. It's a really big deal uh, that that uh, you have this subsequent experience after your salvation, believe in Jesus, you receive the Spirit, but you need this extra power for ministry. It creates these kind of two classes of Christians. And, and my experience was was very different from theirs uh and what caught what happened for me was that there was kind of this jarring moment um when i realized that some of the culture that i was in all the culture i'd ever known like when people said who are the charismatic theologians i've got dr michael brown that was the end of my list right like i didn't think we had any more right like doc brown that's it um uh so 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 there was this idea that um to to entertain theology, I had to go outside of my movement, which made me think that, well, I really want to be committed to scripture. So I, maybe this whole gifts of the spirit thing's not a thing. Like maybe we should, maybe I should put the brakes on this. Have you guys felt that kind of tension where you're like, man, I see where the charismatic movement has got it wrong and that there's this natural pendulum to kind of like run from it entirely. And how are you guys working through that? Yeah, that's definitely been something we've been, uh, having to face and we said we made a video on our channel why we're no longer hyper charismatic and uh we talk about that and morgan specifically talks about how big of an emphasis it is in some hyper charismatic circles to go after the fire fire passion fire 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 and now we've transitioned to the current church we go to we would consider it more on the reform side if we're being honest more uh Baptisty reformed and uh even though uh, i wouldn't consider it like a strong presbyterian right. or strong reform but it's more on the reform side and the kind of struggle of this does not like the fire so to speak is not demonstrated in the way that we're used to yeah. and the way that we kind of even desire like we still have a desire mm -hmm. for the for emotions to be used in worship and the fire of God to like really be going after him and it looking alive and vibrant and then seeing being in more of a reformed ish space. They're a lot more chillax. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think like, as far as just the pendulum, I don't, I think immediately as Paul and I started questioning things about the hyper charismatic, we very quickly, we're like, we do not want to swing to the total opposite side. Yeah. I think we recognized what was happening in that we were questioning things and we were concerned about things, but we were also like, but we know that there are there are truths in this, so can we just find the truths on both sides and somehow be in the middle? <laughs> yeah, yeah, recognizing the truths while saying it does seem like they're putting too much emphasis. It does seem like they're kind of getting off in the weeds, mm -hmm. but there is some truth. There is some biblical precedence. So we're not going to ignore those biblical passages to swing completely on the other side and perhaps become cessationists, which is where you feel like the 
gifts of the spirit and so forth have ceased with the disciples. Yeah, I mean, that leads me perfectly, I think, into my next question is that you guys are still in the charismatic space, right? Like y'all would identify with, I say, yeah. maybe charismatic is, uh, we, we, sometimes we, we, we don't use that label because when people hear charismatic, they think Benny Hinn slapping you with a coat. When they hear Pentecostal, <laughs> they think, uh, you know, the, 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 the tongue talk, talking initial physical evidence kind of thing. Uh, you know, I believe in the gift of tongues. I believe in the gift of prophecy. I believe in the gift of healing. I think they're all for today. Uh, but I would just classify myself as a continuationist. I believe the gifts have continued. And I, I'll, I'll use the phrase charismatic frequently, depending on what group I'm in, what kind of what video I'm doing. Uh, but if I know that this is a video that a bunch of cessationists are going to be at, when I say charismatic, it, it triggers certain presuppositions in their mind that I want to kind of avoid. So you, you guys would still hold yourself in a position to say, hey, I, I believe the gifts of the Spirit are for today? Absolutely, yeah. We would. I think the caveat, caveat on that statement, that the gifts of the Spirit are to, for today, and even saying this out of my mouth, I'm kind of like shrink back a little bit because I don't <laughs> want to be someone who sounds like my belief is small. Mm-hmm. But if I'm just being real and since kind of transitioning out of the hyper charismatic and we would we would just still consider ourselves charismatic yeah, because we believe that stuff is for today. But if I'm being real, I think the reality of perhaps prophecy, uh, healings and miracles is less than what the hyper charismatic presents or would like to present. So since transitioning out, and I even asked you guys this on one of your recent lives, talk, I think you guys were testing some prophetic words. I asked, uh, who are some prophets that you guys would say, yes, I, I feel confident this actually is an accurate prophet, mm-hmm. rather than a lot of these maybe internet prophets, uh, YouTube prophets, and so forth that seem more sketchy. And you guys named a couple. And so I would just say like, I do think there are prophets making prof, uh, correct prophecies, but I think they're a lot less than what the hypercharismatic would say. I think there are healings, even you know, in America, there are miraculous healings being t- taking place, but I think that it's less than what they try to do with you know the legs growing out, um, yeah. feeling like like Bethel. I, I this sounds kind of critical, but I don't think that maybe even the majority of the healings that Bethel presents are legitimate that's my perspective on it okay let's get to some doctrine stuff because that's interesting i think that's interesting and i don't i don't i I, what i hear what you're saying is i think i affirm that it might not be to the same frequency and capacity that we see within the hyper charismatic movement because the the frequency of the hyper charismatic movement the claim is all the time anytime you only have to have faith and they define faith as psychological certainty right where we would I think would affirm a faith is trust in Jesus, not trust in an outcome, right? So when you go to pray for the person, um, if you say, well, maybe it's not God's will, then what happens in your mind is, oh, you're doubting. No, that's not doubting. That's that's me saying, well, uh, I I believe that God is going to heal every single person. It might be at the resurrection. It might be tomorrow. It might be three weeks from now. It might be six months from now. Uh, But God is going to work about his will and we are going to have faith in him. We're going to trust him in the midst of that whole process. And we're not going to, we're not going to um, uh, create a new definition of faith that says that I have to uh, be absolutely certain that something's going to happen without doubting uh, the outcome of that thing rather than trusting in a person. So faith is always trusting in a person, not trusting in an outcome. Um, and, And when you say that 
we compare it to that system. I like to compare it to the first century, right? Because people will say, you know, how, how frequently are healings taking place today? How frequently are they happening? I'd say, well, just like in the first century. Um, some will make the case that, you know, the gifts of the Spirit died out with the apostles, um, that, that Paul and Peter and all these guys had all these gifts of healing at the beginning, and then it kind of died out towards the end. But it seems as if um, there are times throughout Paul's life where he heals lots of people and times when he doesn't. Um, for example, you know, you've got Paul who's left at, uh, Paul left Trophimus at Miletus sick. Epaphroditus was on his deathbed. And then at the last moment, God finally raised him up. Um, Timothy had uh, to take some wine for his stomach. Uh, Paul said he had a thorn in his flesh. So time and time again, we see physical ailments throughout the scriptures uh, in the New Testament when it wasn't like these guys could just heal on command. It was as if the Lord was sovereignly healing certain individuals through the apostolic witness, um, still still. The, the mechanic of faith was still present, uh, but there were times that people were getting healed and times that they weren't. Um, and I, I kind of have that same kind of worldview today that I'm going to trust. Um, my, my pastor uses this really helpful illustration of uh, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, you know, uh, VeggieTales, Shadrach, Meshach, and Benny, right? Uh, uh, you know, they're getting thrown in the fire. Our God can save us. He will save us. But even if he doesn't, right? Yeah. He can, he will, and even if he doesn't. And that's the kind of posture that you, I want to have towards healing. God can heal me. God will heal me. And even if he doesn't, like if, if I don't get healed right now, I have this faith and expectation that in the age to come, I'm going to receive that healing that he purchased, right? Um, and I have no problem living within the mystery of that tension. You know, the idea that you're just going to go into it, Cook's Children's Hospital. If you believe in healing, just empty out the ward. Why didn't Paul do that with Timothy, guys? Like it's just the argumentation just doesn't work. You know what I mean? Uh, but it, the argumentation works because the hyper-charismatic community says it works on command. Right all the time, whenever you want. You mentioned the leg growing thing. What, what, are, you, what are your thoughts on the, the leg growing bit? I'm, I'm curious about that. Oh, no. The old leg I'm gonna growing. Get you, I'm pulling your leg here, guys. What do you think about it? <laughs> well, that was really good, everything that you just said, Joshua. Um, yeah, good insight. Yeah, and last week I literally just quoted that verse. Um, so You've been quoting it quite I a bit. I feel very fancy. You've been quoting the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego verse quite a bit. Yeah, because I think that that is something that is so relevant to just what we're learning and i've been like hit with this awakening of it's okay if we don't get healed in this on this earth like i believe god can i believe he will but even if he doesn't he's worth being praised because he is god (laughs) um but i also believe that when i die my body will be exactly you know perfect whatever um but yeah as far as the leg growing out (laughs) <laughs> you know, and we, we actually have talked about this on our channel. We made a video probably close to three years ago now when we were sitting very heavily in the hypercharismatic. We watched American Gospel. Um, and I, you guys actually made a review on that on your channel that I watched some of. I liked it. We, yeah, 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 yeah. So the first time we watched it, we immediately were offended and we mm-hmm. did not like it. And we felt like these guys are attacking who we yeah. love and it's more of a hit piece. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I, I don't, I'm not raving about the film. I don't, I'm not getting on here saying everyone go watch American gospel. Now it'll change your life. But right. we rewatched it a couple months ago and did a more updated review on our channel when we actually really appreciated the film and we mm-hmm. liked a lot about it. Um, and they mentioned the leg growth briefly. I have, um, cause I, I've had lower back pain now going on close to 10 years. And, um, that's been an interesting journey in its own right. I've, I've had myself prayed over 
probably many, many, many times. Yeah, and I'm not saying that lightly. Like yeah. I've had people pray over me and it hasn't worked. I've right. had someone grow out my leg and it hasn't worked. I, I don't want to become this, yeah, like resentful. I don't know. Yeah. Um, they were doing it in full faith and with a heart that was like, I want to see this man healed. And I think that there's something special in that. But yeah, I mean, he has had his leg grown out twice now. I, I believe I've had two, two leg growths. Are they even now? No, they're still like not. he he overhealed one, and then you had to get the other one. Like the other one had to catch up. Overcompensated. It was it was. Right, it's yeah. like men as trees walking, like almost, but no. Almost. Uh, I don't I don't mean to mock or like because because no. the, the thing is because you mentioned this earlier, you said something that was like really really insightful that I think people don't realize that are on the outside looking in because when they're on the outside looking in, they see manipulation. But when you're on the inside and you know the person holding the guy's legs, it's like, that's a dude who I know um, spends time in the prayer room, weeping and crying and praying that God would use him to heal. And the guys that are the biggest influence in his life, that's what they do when they pray for the sick, right? So everyone who has back pain, uh, that's the way he sees them get healed, right? So he's trying to do the thing that he saw someone else do. And I think that so much in the charismatic practice is just that we see something and we're not looking for like a biblical foundation for it. We're just like, well, if that's how God uses them to heal, that's what I want to do. So the intent is usually actually pretty good, right? So I want to affirm that with you guys and just say, yeah, that seems to be the motive most of the time. I think what's difficult is that you can see charlatans manipulate these things. So Mm -hmm. can people get healed like that? Yes. But like if I was sitting a disciple down, I'd be like, hey, man, pray for them standing up, right? They have no back pain, glory be to God. But what happens when you sit them down, you do this thing is like, you're you're giving room for the skeptic to question whether your God's ever done anything at all. In the same way that the, the prophetic guy gets up and prophesies a bunch of vague things like, thus saith the Lord in 2022, you're gonna stop at red lights and green lights. The sky is going to be blue and there's gonna be trials and tribulations and blessing and prosperity. Like, dude, you said, that's called a nothing sandwich. That was you said nothing, and 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 what you did wasn't necessarily wrong, you know. Like, but but you know, not, all those things did come to pass, yes. Um, but what you're doing is you're creating a practice that gives skeptics room for for believing what you're doing is just a bogus. So we don't we want to be wise and shrewd. And Joshua, yeah, really yeah, I I've really been found it helpful your videos kind of breaking down the prophecies, and I will say like. A year and a half ago, if I would have come on your channel and watched one of those, I would have probably not liked them. And I would have probably felt like, once again, these people on this Remnant Radio YouTube channel are making hit pieces. Because that is kind of the culture of the hyper-charismatic, and I think you alluded to it. Don't, I'll just say it, don't touch the Lord's anointed. These are prophets. They have titles of prophets, whether they've given that title to themselves or they've cultivated a climate of it in their church. These are prophets. Do not question. Do not push back if you start questioning their prophecies. Um, you know, prophecies, and I'm, I'm not saying that for all of them. I think there are accurate prophecies. I totally believe that. But if you start questioning these guys, that is allowing, uh, almost feels like that's allowing doubt and, and Satan to come in and kind of get a hold. Um, but I've really found it now, kind of watching your channel more recently, very helpful hearing you guys um, really kind of hold these prophets accountable. Here was the prophetic word that they gave. They said, here's a prophetic word for 2021. And you guys go through and break it down. And I like the way you do say like, 
kind of what you were just talking about, this prophecy was kind of a nothing sandwich. They gave nothing that can actually be um, shown if it was valid or not. Or obviously, if some of them do give specifics and they don't come true, you guys call that out in a gentle, respectful way, not in like a, a way to tear down a leader or a prophet, but simply to say there is a healthy way to judge, as scripture says, judge the prophecies. If they don't come to pass, this person is not a real prophet. That's been helpful to me. Yeah, well, thanks, man. I, I appreciate that. I, I, what's One of the things that I, I, I saw a video a long time ago, um, I think James White did it. I mean, it's all, it was years ago. And he was watching a video of a charismatic guy and he got done watching it and just kind of looked into the camera and said something like, what the heck is wrong with you people? Like, why are you putting up with this? Like, I'm not a charismatic. Why, why am I the one that has to police this? Right? <laughs> like you all seem complicit knowing that this is going on and not saying anything. So I'm, I was in a spot where I felt like, I felt like morally obligated. Like it's not my job. Like it's not, it's not John MacArthur's job to clean up my movement. Like if I think what's going on is wrong, I should be the one that steps in and cleans it up because I know that from the outside, you just look like a critic. You just look like, and we actually been predisposed within our movement to any, any critical thought against, Hey, I think we should, we should sure this up looks like an attack on the man of God, or it looks like an attack on the system that we've created. And it's like, no guys, I just, I'm asking for a more, a more beautiful way, like a a more excellent thing. Um, We we see that exactly. We see that with certain pastors and prophets, they so quickly, and, and there are people that I would say I'd, maybe call them heresy hunters, whether it's on YouTube or elsewhere that are constantly nitpicking and tearing down every little thing. But Mm -hmm. there's also this, in my perspective, a kind of a sweet spot of people like, like you guys, hopefully like us, where we are calling out what we see, but it seems like a lot of these prophets or these teachers, like you said, go so quickly on the like this is just a spiritual attack these are people slandering me and that's a shame that there can't be a little more openness yeah we never really felt like we had room or a place to ask questions um and i think that was one of the reasons that led us out of the movement was because we were like why are we not allowed to ask these questions like they're Mm -hmm. genuine heartfelt questions of like challenging our own faith wanting to grow wanting to know the lord in a deeper way but we're not allowed to ask them or we get pushback or like just a stiff arm when we do ask them and so i think that that's very concerning no matter what part of the church body you are in like you should be able to ask questions you should be able to go deeper and push back and wouldn't you kind of say that that is coming from a culture of don't touch the Lord's anointed? Well, I think that and also something you said earlier, Joshua, about just like we've been taught that like if we doubt these things, then we don't have enough faith. And if we're asking questions, then that just means we're not trusting the Lord enough. Mm -hmm. And so it's like you either don't want to be known as the person who's not trusting the Lord like like everyone else is, or you don't want to be known as the person who is touching the Lord's anointed. (laughs) And so you're in a very sticky situation. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's really really insightful because I don't think people realize the kind of 
the, the internal system, the internal working inside of these spaces that that that, yeah. that kind of gaslights people unintentionally. Like mm-hmm. um, we we did a video where we um, we talked about my buddy who got fired from an art church. And people were pretty critical of the video, even its title and its caption. But at the top of the comment section of that video, someone just left a comment saying, hey, I'm a pastor. Um, I think I'm running my church like this. And I just mm. need to repent for this. Like, I need to stop. I need to like, you know, like it, it was it was constructive Gosh. enough for someone to go, oh, I don't realize that I'm doing this. Like, I think I'm like God's put me in charge. True. Um, you know, God's given me authority on how to run this system. True. If people are coming against me that must mean they're coming against god that's an un that's that's an an additional conclusion that's not biblically tied right because Mm -hmm. we don't have this honest anthropology as leaders to say as a human being with a sinful nature and corrupted faculties i can be wrong right Mm -hmm. so um walking through the system of judgment and testing uh, i think is necessary you know there's this really interesting story in john chapter 12 where an angel speaks from heaven, right? Well, not an angel, I'm sorry. God, the Father speaks from heaven. Jesus speaks to into heaven saying, you know, Lord, glorify your name. And then the Father speaks down and says, like, I have glorified it and I'm going to glorify it again. And others around heard, they thought like, like, was that an angel speaking to him just now? And others heard thunder, right? But like, obviously John heard it correctly because he wrote it down or Jesus passed that information along to John. But it's interesting that God spoke, right? And everyone there heard different things. And I hear this idea that prophecy is supposed to be so clear. It's supposed to be so, um, you know, loud, shouting, obvious that when God speaks, you know he's speaking. But Samuel didn't know that God was speaking to him three times while he was hanging out, you know, in in bed. He he thought it was Eli, you know. Um, So I'm curious, how have you guys, like, I I know you said, hey, I believe prophecy is still a thing. How have you all been processing through that? Because, again, I agree. There is prophetic malpractice. There are guys out there decreeing and declaring these things will come to pass, and then they don't happen, um, and, and of which we're we're bummed about, right? I, I don't want these guys to be wrong. Like I, I want prof- prophecy to right. be exercised rightly. Uh, but how do you how do you engage with this idea that we prophesy in part, we know in part that it's not super clear all the time? Hmm. Huh. Good question. That's a really good question. Yeah. I mean, Go ahead. No, you have. (laughs) (laughs) We're shook. Um, I think it's a continued journey. I think I personally, and I think Paul's here as well, learning that it's okay to be a, and I want to use this word gently, but it's okay to be a skeptic and skeptical of things. Um, I think rather than just taking things and running with them, taking them to the Lord and studying them and tearing them apart. Like, that's okay to do that. And we didn't really think that that was okay to do for a while because of what we were being told and the the vibes that we were getting around church when things were questioned. Um, So, yeah, I think just taking everything back to scripture is just, and it sounds so simple and just like, duh, take everything back to scripture. But I don't know, there are churches that don't really push that or encourage that and not necessarily discourage it, but aren't like saying, go back to scripture with everything that I'm prophesying. It's like, you better receive what I'm prophesying or get off the train. (laughs) 
And so now being okay with being kicked off of the train is a huge thing. <laughs> and that's really good, Morgan. And if we're being honest, and this is kind of, kind of sad in a way, even though I don't feel sad about it, but maybe I should. <laughs> but prophecy is does not play as big a part in our lives yeah. as it did a year ago. Mm. And yeah, I don't, I, I don't know what really how to like process that. There, it's just not. It's, yeah, it's just not. And I think that the Lord last year kind of as we were making our way out of the hypercharismatic and I didn't know it yet. I didn't know that we were two months later going to leave, but I felt the Lord kind of reveal to me no one's going to speak into your life. No one's going to prophesy over you for a long time. And I just kind of heard that and was like, wow, God, okay, why? And I just felt him say, I've given you this book that speaks into your life and directs you and how to live your life and how to walk as my child. That's literally all you need. <laughs> and I think that that was a huge awakening moment for me um, personally because I had put so much uh, into the words of God from other people rather than the word of God from God. <laughs> That's good. And Joshua, I'd be curious to hear how that looks for you as someone who considers himself a charismatic, but not necessarily a hyper charismatic. What role does prophecy play kind of in, in your life and your circles? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, that's super helpful. I think when we look at prophecy, typically, I don't think of prophecy primarily in let's tell the future. Let's predict yeah. things that are coming down the pike uh, as much as it is. Um, uh, the gift of prophecy seems to have multiple functions throughout Old and New Testament, right? Um, mm. If you look at Second Corinthians, or so, sorry, Second Chronicles, I think it's 29, 29. It says, aren't these all things written in Nathan the seer and, and, and Samuel the prophet and Gad the seer? And every single word for prophet and seer there is different. It's a, each, each one of them is categorized different, and it seems to speak to one, like Samuel, can see things that happen, and others seem to have like a fire shut up in their bones that they're weary of holding in, right? Like, we don't know that John the Baptist had a vision of any kind, but he was a prophet, calling people back to the faithfulness of the covenant. And I would say the primary office of prophecy in the New Testament, or office, primary function of the gift of prophecy in the New Testament is to call people back to the covenant and faithfulness to the covenant. And I think that when we think of prophecy as a gift that's untethered from scripture, it becomes an idol. And I think that's what I heard Morgan talking about earlier, is that yeah. we had this view where we neglected the word of God um, for a word of God, right? Like we wanted to elevate this fallible thing that we, we know in part, we see in part, and we wanted to elevate it over the infallible word of God uh, that is perfect, inerrant, and inspired, Right. So so that creates this kind of unbalanced system in our lives. Uh, but it's one of those things where I'm thankful for the gift of prophecy. Um, the first Corinthians 14 one says um, earnestly desire. Uh, it says uh, pursue love and earnestly desire spiritual gifts, especially that you would prophesy. And then first Thessalonians uh, five nineteen we mentioned earlier, don't quench the spirit. It, it literally translates to don't neglect uh, prophecy. Don't don't neglect the gift mm -hmm. of prophecy. We want to practice prophecy in a way uh, where we're zealous, we're eager. Uh, for the fourteen one verse I quoted earlier, literally the phrase zeluo means lust to to lust after the spiritual gifts, especially that you prophesy. Now, what does that look like though? Um, it I think we can have a view of 
prophecy that's really egotistical, that's driven by my motive to be seen, which is actually the problem in Corinth, is that they're like practicing these gifts to like make <laughs> distinctions amongst each other, right? Mm -hmm. um, whereas what we want to do is we want to see the person in front of us, like loved and cared for and seen by God. So we're at a, we're at a conference in Houston recently, and um, I'm asking God to speak to me. I told this story recently, I think. Um, and like, Lord, would you speak to me? And I like look over to a guy and I just saw an image of him getting hit, uh, uh, playing football in his right shoulder. And I walked up to him. I was like, Hey man, very specific. This is what we, we, we swing for the fences. We're either really right or we're really wrong. We don't want to play the vague game. Right. So Hey man, yeah. were you hit in the right shoulder during a football accident? And like, are you in pain because of it? He's like, yeah. When I was in high school, it's an older gentleman. He, he helped leads a church. Um, and I'm like, Hey, like older is in like, 30s he didn't look like a guy playing football today you know what i mean like i'm not saying he's like he's like 50 you know uh, uh i want to make sure that the story gets told right um and i'm like you know did you get hurt yeah i got hurt in the right shoulder so we prayed for him um called the senior pastor his name is trinity he's there in cleburne texas and he says he had hand pain since praise god right so i think this is an opportunity where i go lord would you speak to me i, I feel like god and I i'll be honest i don't have frequency in prophecy that that's a rare story the reason i bring up that story in multiple videos is because it's not a gift that I often flow in. I ask God to speak to me, and if he doesn't, he doesn't. If he does, he does, right? And then yeah. and then we test it right there on the spot. Did I hear from the Lord? And if if it's a no, no, you're wrong, then I repent. I apologize for it. Like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, I got it wrong. Um, I don't have many stories like that because I don't take as many risks. Um, so yeah. so there's there's that as well um, that I'm, I'm <laughs> eager I'm eager to admit. Uh, I'm not the guy who every time he goes to a church is going to give up some kind of prophetic word. Um but I think that we really have to re rethink the way that we do prophecy um, because the prophets want to give a prophetic word for the church that's vague, that's for the year, that's general, um, for the nation that's vague and general that can apply to everyone at all times everywhere. Um, and, and that's just not prophecy. Um, you're, you're looking for something uh, that's, that's insight that only God can know, that's, that's translated somehow in mere human words. Uh, and I think what Morgan said something earlier that reminded me in 1 Corinthians 14, he says, let those who are spiritual know the words that I'm writing are the words of God. So he tells them to judge prophecy, but then he tells them, don't judge my words. My words are binding on your conscience. He clearly places the written word, the scriptures above the prophetic revelation of these prophets that's to be judged and weighed. And that he says his words not to be judged and weighed. So I think that having a, a system of thinking where like the Bible is my sole rule of saving life and practice inside of the church. Like that's, I'm going to the scripture and the scripture alone. But to see prophecy as something that's to edify others. Like it's not for me. It's not superpowers for me. It's to edify the body of Christ. I think that's how we keep that humble heart in serving the body. Sorry, I like, really I'm good. supposed to be interviewing you guys. Like that was a long-winded answer. That was no, like so long-winded. that was long really good. That was really good. <laughs> I just felt like I learned so much. <laughs> We're, uh, the nerd, the nerd. Uh, go ahead. Uh, nothing. Else. It just feels like our, our screen's lagging a yeah, little bit. Yeah, I don't bit. know if it's us or what, but it's been a little laggy for a few minutes. Oh, I apologize, guys. I hope everything's uh, uh, kicking in good. Uh, sometimes the preview window on Ecamm is a little bit different than what you guys are seeing. If y'all are in the comment section and y'all are seeing stuff uh, uh, lag behind, let me know. I'll see if I can I can fix anything. Um, I, I've, I've got yeah. a question for you guys in that kind of that gaslit space. I hear this a lot. Like you guys are criticizing what God is doing. Um, but yeah. you know, God's doing a lot of good things. And I think I even heard you guys admit like, man, there's some really good things that God is doing in our church and in other churches, you know, uh, around that would fit into this description of hyper charismatic. Um, 
do, do, do you know that kind of accusation of like, man, you guys, when you are speaking out against this, you're actually discrediting all of the good, so you should stop speaking. Like, how do you walk that right. line of like, yeah, you don't want to undermine everything, but at the same time, right. uh, you still feel that like that urge to speak out. Yeah. I think Paul and I are trying to do our best with one, sharing our concerns and sharing our own personal journey and our own personal pain that we've gone through in being a part of the hyper charismatic, but also just really encourage people to, you know, they've got to go with what the Lord reveals to them. And also, like, we don't want to talk horrendously about the hyper charismatic. We don't want to go from one end to the other. We don't want to say that there's ho- only horrible things that have happened. Yeah. And, and I personally feel like, you know, my walk with the Lord is stronger because of the journey that we've had. Um, but there have been some painful things. There have been serious struggles that I think I talked about in our video and the video with Melissa of like my mental health struggles of I feel so much more stable now um, mentally, emotionally, spiritually with the Lord than I ever did in the hyper charismatic and I know that I'm not the only one who feels like this roller coaster um in the hyper charismatic and so i think that those are true concerns that should be spoken about and shared about so that someone who maybe is struggling right now with their emotional stability or stability just in their walk with the lord here's me sharing this and they're like oh okay i'm not alone so i think any group that tries to shut you down from talking should be a group stayed away from so i hope that People can hear our concerns and be like, okay, I can I can receive that. I don't necessarily agree, but they're allowed to have their concerns, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's, I mean, I, I have uh, uh, two really good friends. One uh, became a cessationist. Um, another, um, you know, left the faith altogether. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and it, and it stems from these kinds of charismatic authority that, that, that prophecy reigns supreme, um, even over the mission of Christ, right? Because uh, in some of these spaces, it's not like, hey, um, how are we supposed to run our church? But like, what is the vision? Like, what's the Lord saying to us right now to our church? Like, what is our church going to do? And like, they'll put an emphasis on prayer and worship, or they'll put an emphasis on whatever. When like Jesus said, like, go out, make disciples, preach the gospel, teach them to observe all of my commandments, and I'll be with you to the end of the age. Like, we have a mission statement. We have a vision statement. You know, we don't need... um, this kind of new prophetic word to supersede the authority of Christ. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know Jesus said the church does this, but we are going to do just this. Like, yes. you you don't you don't need or want that kind of community to be a part of. And when they have that kind of unmitigated authority to override, um, you know, their cultural or expression over the commandments of Scripture, um, it, it causes pain. Um, like I said, I have, I have a friend who was on the mission field. Uh, uh, well, First, he was in a local community, and uh, their their senior pastor started telling people, you know, uh, we're shutting down all these other campuses. You need to come back. If if we cast out a demon out of your life, if we healed you of a sickness and you've left our church, we send that demon back. I mean, talk about cultish, like no. weird stuff. We send the sickness back in Jesus' name. I mean, it got weird. So he left that real quick. It was a real hurt and wounded by that. Hits the missions field with a charismatic uh, uh, missions organization just for someone to get a prophetic word. After spending like two years saving, 
hits the missions field um, and then gets a prophetic word that we're no longer uh, doing evangelism. We're going to be houses of prayer. So he's got all this money that he saved up. He has to go give back to all of his donors, right? Um, he's like, dude, it's so much easier not to believe in this stuff, you know? And I, he, he spent his own time studying. I don't want to make it sound disingenuous. Like it was the experience alone that made him cessationist. Right. Uh, but when you've gone through that level of pain, you know, at best you come out a cessationist, you know, at worst you you lose your faith. And um, that, that's that been the reason that, that I've been championing these sort of things. And I want to encourage you guys, keep on doing it. I like, I know it's hard and I know it's rough. And I know that like, you've probably lost friends, maybe even family members over this, but it's worth it because there are people like this who can walk away from the faith entirely. And I think that you're really helping speak voices, hopefully getting like, like you said, American gospel, Brian Kimber. Hey, he got that first nugget out that kind of pulled you closer to center. Uh, and I'm, I'm sure that played a, a larger role in the grand scheme of things. So I, I want to encourage you guys in that. I know we're, we're kind of wrapping up here at five o'clock, um, but I want to encourage you. You're, you're, you're making a difference. Uh, it's making a real impact. So keep keep going with it. I know you're on a journey, still learning some of this stuff, but um, it's uh, it. I don't even know that I've got it entirely figured out myself. You know, I think that we have to all have a humble sense of, of our humanity and go, I'm broken. I'm not going to know it all. Um, I'm going to just do my best as I can. So I, I want to yeah. appreciate, I appreciate you guys and I commend you. And for those of you who are out there watching, go subscribe to Paul and Morgan's uh, channel uh, over on YouTube. Just search it uh, in the YouTube, Paul and Morgan, you'll find them over there. Uh, do you guys have any kind of closing thoughts, things you want people walking away, thinking about meditating on, on this specific subject? I really like the way, I really like the way you just kind of started summing things up. And I, yeah, again, like Morgan and I have strong enough concerns that caused us to leave, that caused us to talk about this. But I really appreciated the way you addressed prophecy several minutes ago. And the way, I, to me, it, it almost felt like I was being challenged to like, Paul, make sure you're going back to what the word says. And the word does say to, you know, go after the spiritual gifts, mm -hmm. prophecy being one of the best ones. And then obviously it says, but let me show you the even better way, which is the way of love. And so therefore we need, we need that balance. We yeah. need to be hungry for the quiet, simple things of godliness, the fruits of the spirit, love, joy, peace, yeah. patience, not as glamorous, not as fiery and loud and miraculous, <laughs> but perhaps even more important while also not forsaking the other parts of scripture that say desire prophecy. So I will continue to just be open before the Lord saying, Lord, show me what relationship you want me to have with prophecy and how should that look in my life and in Morgan and I's life. Yeah. Yeah. And um, there's, thank you for your very kind words. We are really encouraged by your all's channel as well. And I mean, it really has like just several of your videos. Paul will be playing around the house and we're both listening in and it's encouraging and helped us just in our own journey. Um, and yeah, I think like you said, Joshua, our hearts and hope is that sharing our journey helps someone rather just say forget god or you know what forget the gifts of the spirit and that be those beautiful things i'm gonna go over here and believe in none of it um we can encourage them to take it baby step by baby step and just take it all to the lord and and walk this out and be okay with asking questions and be okay with challenging the words of your pastor and the words of yeah. the your pastor's favorite pastors <laughs> um there you go but yeah so but can That's I say nice. this this last thing? Uh, I just feel so inclined because I feel like we 
very much did this and I see this happening. If you are sitting in the hyper charismatic, rather, uh, whether you want to admit it or not, <laughs> if you are, um, something that I think really tends to happen is they look at certain figures within the hyper charismatic, whether it's figures that you watch online or perhaps the prophet in your church or the pastor of your church. It seems so, uh, so easy to elevate them on a pedestal that their words, their prophecies, their um, whatever it is, is like the word of God. And so you can just kind of settle into this comfort zone mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. I can trust everything about this person. And that gets dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. It's idolatry. And yep. So we just, we would encourage you to be okay with questioning the things that these people are saying, with making sure, with holding them accountable, you know, not necessarily bombarding them every other day with emails being like, hey, you said this, but like, what did you mean by, but like in your own heart and maybe make a journal if you need to, of just like holding people accountable. Don't allow yourself to become entranced by their seeming spirituality that's like through the roof or they're seeming charisma that's through the roof or they're seeming to be doing all these miracles so they are exalted so to speak don't let yourself fall into that yeah yeah no that's that's really good insight guys and uh um man when it when it comes to these things guys um scripture has got to be our foundation right yeah. and and if you're in a hyper charismatic space we love you you know i think you're a brother yeah. you're a sister i think that um, as a Protestant, because uh, I, that I go, I guess Christian, Protestant, charismatic for me, right? Uh, in that order, right? Uh, I, I'm, I'm a protester. That, like that's by nature what I do, right? Uh, I want to hold people accountable to what the Word says, not what the tradition yeah. says. And, and what, what Luther does, what Calvin does, what Zwingli does, what uh, Melanchthon does, uh, what, what, what the Protestant reformers do uh, when they are reforming is they're, they're holding their tradition against scripture and we're saying scripture not tradition right like not that tradition is bad if it if, it, if it's right. glorifying god and it's biblically sound uh, but when when the tradition uh neglects or nullifies the word of god we have to oppose that and say no 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 scripture alone scripture is our our guidance for how we are to practice our life how we're to love our brothers how we're to worship in the church so uh scripture has got to be uh, the motivating and driving factor when it comes to worship and practice uh, and, and our knowledge of God and our relationship with our community. So so if you feel like you're in a space uh, where, you know, this is, it's not healthy, uh, uh, you know, it's very, it's it's overly charismatic to a point where people are getting hurt um, yeah. and there are not these kind of biblical foundations keeping people tied together uh, to, to the word of God, uh, check out the content we do, man. We, we, we create a show every single week where we talk about the gifts of the Spirit. We practice the gifts of the Spirit. Michael and Michael do way more of the prophecy bit than I do. I know I admitted earlier, I don't prophesy often, uh, but when it comes to praying for the sick, we see people get healed. Like we, we see, and you don't hear me say everyone, right? Uh, uh, when we when we give prophetic words, uh, we, we see those things come to pass or they bear witness with the individual, the hearer, uh, they, they judge those prophetic words. So we, we practice the stuff, we do the stuff, um, but we're also going to appeal to a biblical foundation for those things. Lots of content here on the channel for that. Uh, and if you're new, if you're a Remnant Radio listener all the time, uh, check out uh, Paul and Morgan's channel there on YouTube. Uh, I think it'll be a benefit to you. Uh, content's a little bit shorter, way more digestible. Uh, you can sit there and listen to a bunch of them. In the time that you watch one Remnant Radio, you can watch six <laughs> Paul and Morgan's. I mean, that just sounds like a bang for a buck right there. 
Um, guys, <laughs> thank you so much for tuning into this episode. Uh, make sure to subscribe to the video, like, share it around. We're entirely crowdfunded. So if you feel blessed, uh, there's links in the description. Uh, and if you want to grow in this stuff, we are coming out with a discipleship course uh, that we were going to be releasing here pretty soon. So maybe check that out as well. I'll drop that in the link in the description uh, once it gets fully developed. Uh, blessings, guys. And we'll see you what tomorrow uh, from 4 to 5. Dr. Craig Keener is teaching through the Gospel of Mark, uh, New Testament scholar at Asbury Seminary. Uh, we filmed... 19 episodes of the Gospel of Mark with him. So we're releasing one of those videos tomorrow. Uh, and then on Wednesday, we're judging more prophetic words about 2022. Uh, you guys stay tuned. It's going to be an exciting, uh, exciting program. want to thank Kairos Classrooms for sponsoring this episode of Remnant Radio. And if you're out there, you've ever wondered, hey, I wonder if learning a biblical language would be a supplemental tool for me to help me in my biblical studies. Well, you need to check out Kairos Classrooms. They offer Greek and Hebrew classes that can help teach you and train you. It's a live classroom environment with actual students and actual live teachers, and they help teach you the biblical languages of Greek in Hebrew. You need to check out Kairos Classrooms today. There's a link in the description and you can use the promo code REMNANT to get 10% off. These classes are already crazy affordable, but with the promo code REMNANT, R-E-M-N-A-N-T, you'll get 10% off of Kairos Classrooms. So check that out today. And thank you so much for Kairos for sponsoring this episode of REMNANT Radio.